Sitaram everyone. <coughs> so today according to the Vedic calendar the new month starts. This month is the month of Shravan. And the entire month is focused upon practices in the aspect of the Absolute as Lord Shiva. So whatever you can do, whatever you know is, is a little extra would be helpful. And of course, whatever has come from the lineage and from the Guru in terms of the Guru Mantra is the best practice if you cannot do anything else or do not know anything else in terms of specifics to Lord Shiva. But again, you know, doing whatever little extra always helps. So focus on that. And of course, our big event would be both around Lord Krishna's birth anniversary and for us again the same day when Guruji left his physical body for us it becomes a double whammy in that sense of a spiritual uh, benefit for us. Uh, so again try to be here that's something that should not ideally be missed. Uh, the scripture status Guruji said you drop everything else like a hot potato and that opportunity is to be grabbed to the fullest so try to take that very very seriously and as of course as we always try to do something very unique and special in a brief weekend that can work very very deeply for the rest of your spiritual journey so take that seriously those of you who are here for the very first time this morning, again, I'd like to specially welcome you. Uh, this morning is not quite set up, so to say, to uh, give you that external bit of information about the path. But uh, the key again is what you already experienced through the meditation. And if you're further interested, uh, as of now, of course, all I can say is you're more than welcome to join us for the Sunday morning uh, meditations. Unfortunately, we do not have anything scheduled for the rest of this year in terms of what we so-call a public program or a meditation event where we kind of focus on um, introducing and uh, in bringing in a new person at least in terms of the understanding and the basics of the path. But we do have uh, quite a bit of material that you can carry home and some books written by Dhyan Yogi, which you can read for further detail. But if you have any other questions or uh, any information in general, feel free to contact uh, Jayan here at the center and others that can help you. Before we let you go, anything bothering you in your mind in terms of a question? Go ahead. Um, so you're going to do the next spirituality and psychology workshop on the topic of worthiness? Is that right? That's the plan. So I was wondering if you could give us an idea what might be contained in that workshop. Well, you know, we, we still encounter lots of people, you know, people here, of course, we, we are referring to people who have received Shaktipat, 
still have on a very basic external sense of living what we would term no confidence in themselves and that entire spectrum of life and living to this spiritual journey where, well, I am not worthy. Uh, path has also been received and everything is there in the plate in front of them, but that mental doubt or that attitude, whatever the sources are, uh, you know, keeps them restricted. So the whole purpose of that workshop is, is to again remind you uh, that you are worthy. And so thus naturally as uh, Ishwari, Dr. Alan Bailey encounters with her psychotherapy profession with her patients that come up with the same issues from not a spiritual standpoint but again you know relationships or whatever else that has come from uh, creating blocks in those areas and here of course we want to cover the spiritual the spirituality aspect which of course is very much a part and parcel of daily life and living so trying to understand where that is rooted where that stems from uh, understanding what could be done in a both psychological way and also in a spiritual way whether this is your path or anything else is your path but again addressing those and crossing over those hurdles and becoming very very efficient very very successful at least being able to put in the effort success is in the hands of god as is clearly stated but at least have the confidence that i will i will be successful as guruji always said there were three types of persons some set their goals no matter what happens they are not going to stop until the goal is achieved the second set will set a goal but then oh well if i start this this problem is going to come that problem is going to come i'm not going to be able to overcome so all those uh, ideas or thoughts will come and you know they never begin and then some will start but as soon as the first little obstacle has come they will totally quit and never go any further so these are all the things that we are hopefully going to discuss in the workshop and in the end of the three hour workshop you know we may not change everything but hopefully make a beginning to change a few things and then the rest will unfold over time so that's the process so that's Ma's giving classic example of Lord Buddha who once he set out to attain realization you know no matter what happens in terms of this body it is totally dried out it is turned to skin and bones no matter what is the degree of 
pain and suffering until I don't reach that goal, I'm not going to get up. So that determination basically is good to decide, karo ya maro, do or die. So all, all that is, is a part of that workshop. You know. And as I said, for many of you, it's a, just a reminder, you've heard it a million times, yet the surprising part is that people do still come up with those issues or are, are continuing to, so to say, live in that in spite of the fact that, you know, that sh should have long gone behind. But that's the key to practice. Why do we practice over and over and over and over again? Because we forget the outside world is, as you all know, Maya, so that illusion uh, we don't know our true selves or, or we are told differently or we experience things differently about ourselves. And so basically going into those uh, aspects of understanding and reminding ourselves, then sometimes something clicks and then a massive change over can happen. Sometimes when I listen, or almost all the times when I listen to uh, chanting at DYC or when I hear chanting from monks, I feel the prana rise. Um, my question is, what makes the prana rise when I hear that? And what's the role of prana in spiritual development? <laughs> The key vital force, which of course is both everywhere in the universe and within each and every person, when each and every person is a walking universe, that vital force is prana. All that energy, when the seed is sprouting, that is prana. Even, you know, to the extent that when the jet engine is, is in propulsion, what's the sound? The sound is always warm. You take an empty jar, put it to your ears. What's that sound? It is warm. So everywhere prana is manifest. So typically the key journey of spirituality is through the activity and the expansion of the prana. The word is sound energy and that is also prana and of course the most significant prana energy is in the mantra or in the chant. So every time a chant is recited, a chant is also a repetition of the divine name. It is also one of the mantras that is on your chakra. So whether it is Ram, whether it is Buddha, whether it is Christ, whether it is Krishna, those are all divine names which of course we have associated with a form, but ultimately it goes beyond the state of name and form. It is pure energy, which is the subtlest energy of prana. So whether you are listening to the mantra or whether you are listening to the chant, 
if you are sensitive and pure enough for what it is doing, it is something doing within you. And as that uplifts the prana, that is impacting the movement of the kundalini and therefore enhancing the journey along the Sushumna, the spinal column and making that unity of the Kundalini to the aspect of the Absolute. So that is one of the key steps. Ultimately, no matter what happens, the prana has to move up and clear that passage. And once that all happens, that's when the Kundalini can transcend and reach the goal and you attain realization. So, because of the blocks, again, the biggest one, I am not worthy. And the more that is contemplated, the more the prana is restricted. So how can the kundalini go up when the person himself or herself is considering I am not worthy? So that's what the prana is doing, breaking those barriers which are there from past lives, false misunderstandings, uh, certain things. We, we have created our own belief systems. The laws or the guidelines are all laid out, this is it, but we create the black and white. So removing that gray, so to say, and seeing things in that absolute clarity. This is false and needs to be thrown out. This is the truth and this is what I am. And then holding on to that and then going upwards constantly. So that is all the process and the support, so to say, is prana. So from the Supreme Being, the Paramatma, the Supreme Soul comes the Jivatma, you and me, our individual soul. From the individual soul, the extension, so to say, is the Kundalini Shakti. And the Kundalini Shakti functions through the Prana. So you grab the Prana, you awaken the Kundalini. When the Kundalini rises, then when you go to that state of Self-realization and from self-realization to God-realization. And one of the simple techniques that we use, the third step of yoga, pranayam. Pranayam is that's the whole purpose. Pran, ayam is to stop or to control. Guruji has given a very nice illustration in Yoga Deepika. Read it. Uh, how this person is trapped on the mountain. In those days there was no helicopters, but how the yogi takes the ball, tries a, a silk thread, a heavier thread and the rope, and that is thrown. The boy or the person can grab the ball and then through the fine silk thread, pull up the heavier thread. Ultimately the rope he can tie to the uh, rock and descend down. So that is the process of pranayam. Read that book, it's a beautiful illustration and understand what the prana and pranayam is all about. So that's good. Yeah. Ultimately, of course, it's not only once it, that is happening, you, right now you're sensitive, it is happening here to you at DYC, as you said, but it will happen to you wherever you go wherever that energy is there because it is is anywhere and everywhere but the place is pure and if the intensity of energy is there like a generator pulsating and radiating you you will you will sense it you will tune it you will feel it for sure uh, this is a well I was going to say it's a simple question but if it, maybe if it was I answer it myself but um 
the, this thin line between being confident and knowing who you are and the ego and humility, staying humble, but yet um, putting yourself out there for like leadership opportunities or in, in life. So there's a thin line between ego, because you talk a lot about ego, how we have to, you know, become egoless. And I, I feel like it's a challenge out here in the world to, um, you know, be humble and keep the ego out, but yet put myself out there like, you know, knowing who I am. Well, I think I know who I am. And just just take clear-cut examples, you know, forget spirituality, but take political leaders. You know, you have a political leader who's absolutely humble. In spite of being in that power, in spite of all that, that humility is very evident in terms of serving the country, serving the people, and no trace of the ego, so to say. I'm generally, I'm not going to name names. There are people. Martin Luther King. You know. the, just the other day, the Indian Prime Minister was addressing and he was comparing uh, America and India and Martin Luther King got his, his, his understanding from Mahatma Gandhi. So these are political leaders, but they were deeply rooted spiritually. So the understanding is there. They are there for a purpose, you know, welfare of humanity, whether it is at the gross level or the spiritual level. Guruji said, I am a guru. But what was his intent of I am a guru? Not that he, he wanted to be worshipped or that people give him, you know, an esteemed position or whatever. But he said, "Why I am a guru in that I have walked the path, I have an experience, I have met the goal. I can lead you there. I can, you know, give you the experience if you follow these guidelines. That was his only role. He had, he had no other selfish intent, selfless motive. So, and that is where the understanding comes. People may come with the power or with the skills, they have the power. But then how you utilize that and making sure that, again, as Guruji said, that the scripture said, just you are just a tool. St. Francis, a beautiful prayer, I am just an instrument of, of uh, the Lord. So having that attitude, no matter what your standing is, and not allowing that ego to creep in. So the confidence is there, yes, I can do, I can help. But yet, I am just a tool. There is some divine energy just working through me, that's all. Gardening, the gardener comes, he takes care of his, you know, the huts and gives the water and everything. Mm -hmm. But yet he knows it's it's not his garden. Same thing, you know, like so just uh, you're doing the job and somebody else is doing through you. Yes. The bank teller, thousands of dollars go out, but not a penny is mine. It's just doing the job. 
And in that challenge, what you said about the ego is everywhere. In spirituality, it's in the world. Nowhere it's not there. Everybody has to walk through. Man, that's the root problem of humanity. Relationships, it's the ego. Divorces happen, why? Because it's not that love is lacking. The love may be not understood to its fullest, but nine times out of ten is just the ego. That's, that's always the battle of the human. We don't want to, to give in. We, we don't, people are scared to surrender, which is the basis of spirituality. You know, is there not enough love that you surrender to your spouse or the husband, whatever? But that fear is there, you know, I'm right, you are wrong. So always that comes into place. And that, that's the whole purpose of doing some spiritual practice so that we, we dissolve the ego, that understanding comes over time. But we are also stuck. I know, what do you know? That's the problem. Anyway. Can we just finish up this? I just had another question about that topic of worthiness because I'm wondering what, how do you define worthiness? I mean, at the workshop we'll hear how an experienced psychologist will define worthiness. Well, that's, that's the psychologist. I'm yeah, not the psychologist. I would psychologist. love to hear both of you, like, if you have, have a, because, um, you know, I hear this, like, leave you should something be worthy, you should feel worthy. <laughs> Let's leave something for the workshop. <laughs> okay. Because does it have to do with, like, you know, I asked the other question about negative self-talk. Like, I am shocked at the amount of, it's subtle. Like, even what I've eaten, like, oh, why did I eat that? Like, there's a lot of second-guessing. Like, what I did in a day, I didn't do enough in today, or I did too much today. It's almost, it's a very subtle negativity or negative talk. And I'm wondering, would that be erased with worthiness? Or, or maybe we'll leave that for the workshop. Yeah, let's leave it for, for the workshop. Yeah, you think about it and then uh, maybe it's a good homework. Just look into yourself about where you stand in that whole aspect of worthiness or to, to the, the root is, who am I and what's the answer? So, you know, going there, the rest is, is, is all garbage, if, if I use that word, you know. So, just, just understanding that. Okay, Sitaram. Let's do the prayer for world peace. Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Badran Ashyantu Makashin Dukabhan Bhavit Makashin Dukabhan Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.
रामचंद्र भगवान की जय सदगुरु देव की